chance to catch up with Alex Zeru Levine of Alex Orange Drink over Zoom. Alex Orange Drink is a solo project. Alex also plays with the band The So So Glows. So he talks about where he grew up and how he got into music. So So Glows is himself and two of his brothers, his stepbrother and his and his brother are in the band as well. It's kind of a family affair. Even the new record that he put out as a solo project, Alex Orange Drink, has a real family-oriented vibe to it. So he talks us through starting the band and the success of Soso Glows, playing on David Letterman, how huge that was. He gets into this very rare genetic disorder that he was born with and how that affected him. Having a very limited diet and how that was touring all those years as Soso Glows. And that really plays into the new record. He actually has two songs directly related to the disorder that he was born with. So he talks a bit about that where he was when the pandemic hit and how that kind of fueled what became this new record. Everything is broken. Maybe that's okay. So make sure to check out the new record from Alex Orange Drink and even new music from Soso Glows. So that's exciting as well. And do us a favor and check out our YouTube channel and Facebook page. We've got a lot of video interviews up there, uh, tons of artists, different playlists of you know artists from every genre. So lots of, a lot to see there. It'd be rad if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. That's at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Alex Orange Drink. My name's Adam, and this podcast is all about you, your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, your new your new project as well. Great. Do you mind? I don't know if you mind even going into Soso Glows at all. I can talk about anything. Yeah. Cool. I know it's a big part of your journey. So I didn't yeah. want to like yeah. cut it out. But um, cool, man. Oh, well, first off, tell me about you're born and raised in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, we're born and raised originally in the Bay Ridge neighborhood of Brooklyn, which is, have you seen the movie Saturday Night Fever? Kind of like that a little bit. Oh, okay. uh, very, very suburban um, Brooklyn upbringing for the first like maybe 10 years, formative years. And then our parents got divorced and remarried and all this stuff. And we moved kind of all over the city and out of the city. Um, it was just a lot of different moves. So like maybe 20 different moves, something like that. But Oh, my goodness. All within the same radius of New York and, you know. So you didn't have to like move, move schools and everything or no? No, no, no. Just a okay. few schools. <laughs> okay. So not, ho- not horrible. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay. I mean, not but still, horrible. I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it still was hard moving that much, but. Um, uh, it definitely like prepared me and my brothers for a life of transition and, you know, touring. Okay. Which is like constant change, you know, sure, which is good. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine. Um, mm-hmm. Well, how did, how did you get into music? I know the band is, or Soso Glows had you and your brother and, and your, what, stepbrothers in the band as well? That's right, yeah. So I guess the origins of our band is like maybe 1991, something around then, when our parents uh, kind of split up and we were grouped together as brothers and stepbrothers. And I don't know, there was no thought of let's start i can't even remember thinking let's start a band we were just always in a band for as long as i could remember and we're just writing songs without really knowing anything about how to play the instruments that we had and 
just banging on stuff. And <laughs> that, that was it. Just luckily, you know, our parents had really good taste in music. My dad owned a record shop in the seventies and he wow. had all the punk and new wave stuff. And we were just like obsessed at a really young age. I think we, we had like all those records and then the violent femmes tape and the Jackson fives tape and okay. never mind and never mind the Bullocks in the car. Wow. Well, so you're that <laughs> on the record shop. That's yeah. That's a little cool. co-op. Yeah. He wow. A so he must've had oh, a did, bunch of records around. He didn't own it. He worked there. Oh, he worked there. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But he had, he had some good records. Yeah. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. What was the first instrument you learned was the guitar? Or no, you play um, bass. I play bass. Uh, I like, to be honest, I couldn't really sit still. I, my mom tried to get us to take some lessons, but I could never really sit still and uh, couldn't really pay attention to learning music. But it was a lot of just playing by ear and kind of teaching. You know, we had the ADD. I had the ADD bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, bass was the first thing. I was like messing around with and then guitar a little bit later, but uh, yeah. And our oldest friend, Adam Reich, who's also produced this record and all the glow stuff lived like right around the corner in Bay Ridge. And we would go over to his house and make tapes on his karaoke machine. And he's a real musician. So he's probably been laughing the whole time because I, I always had songs, but I didn't really, we didn't really have, proper chords or anything they had structures <laughs> choruses verses but they didn't always have the right notes okay but, so well, that's probably part of the, by the, the whole thing we you know punk rock band yeah yeah that's cool yeah. though so you guys started mm -hmm. like was so so glows kind of a thing that became the or, or well, were, first you, it was were, you, were you in a band prior to that um well we were the dinosaurs first okay when we started solid name Long before I knew of the other, other T-Rex. And then uh, we were stir crazy, urban eyes, every other weekend. We went That's a good five. name. Every, every, every other weekend. I like that one too. Yeah. And then, and then the So-So Glows. That was like a little bit later when we all kind of dropped out of school around the same time. I kind of convinced everyone to drop out of school and we bought this big bus, this airport shuttle bus and lived in it for about five years touring around the country. Wow. And um, was, that was the horror, out of high school was or was it into the I, band? Okay. No, we all went to college and then okay. well, some of us dropped out of high school, but. But uh, was the band, the band must have been college. going. I mean, if it to, <laughs> to be like, you know what, let's, let's take this thing super seriously, get a bus and, and, and travel the country. Yeah. It was in the very early stages and we kind of jumped the gun. I had this like, we always had a lot of urgency, you know, even before there was any momentum. So it was just like very DIY ethos. Like, let's just go and book a tour. I think um, we used MySpace back then and just like kind of basement shows and all of this stuff, which was amazing. It was just a really inspiring time. Then we, once we got back to New York, we were, we're in the midst of recording our first album. And we set up a few, we were like really inspired by touring. And we set up this spot called the Market Hotel, which was like 
we want to do this in New York, this DIY thing. And like, it just, you know, a lot of kids came out and it just felt immediately like a place where we belonged. And um, we just got really involved in that scene and ended up starting a lot of venues and just being active members in that community for a long time. Wow. Oh, you guys started venues. What, how did that mm -hmm. happen? Like, how did, how, like, how would you even go about doing that and just kind of had a space and put together like a little, you know, DIY punk shows? Yeah. And then it just kept kind of snowballing, just a lot of ambition and not a lot of foresight and <laughs> just like gung ho-ness that, um, so we, we started this spot called Market Hotel, um, mm -hmm. which we named after one of our songs and, it it was just a nut house, but it was fun. Mm. And were then after get, that, did, were you getting like after that? Did what was like? How did that help? Did that were you able to like meet a bunch of bands and then like say a band from Connecticut through came through? You were able to like jump on a show with them later. Or, like how how did that uh, venue kind of help progress your exactly. career? Exactly. That was like I mean, just from that year of touring, we met all these people, all these friends, and. And I was like, we really want to have a place in New York to pay it back. Um, and so that, that was the kind of the origin of the market hotel. And then after that, we did a spot called Shea Stadium with Adam Reich, who I mentioned earlier, who was mm -hmm. look, looking for a space. And he was like, you know, we were already he heavily involved in the market. So we picked up a few tricks about just like how to throw shows and how to stay off the radar. And... <laughs> for sure that was uh also an, another that became even more of a community spot a lot of new yorkers started it and uh lived there and helped run it and i don't know that's a long mm -hmm. that's a whole other saga okay <laughs> yeah. well that that first record or was it your second record uh tourism terrorism was that the yeah. one you guys scored like a best punk album award at like the some independent music award yeah that was right after we got back from the first tour and we were just like we got hooked up with this label green owl records which they told us was a going to be the first environmentally sustainable record label so we're like all right this is cool this goes with our what we're trying to do Mm -hmm. And um, we turned our bus into a like a veggie oil conversion thing. Oh, really? I remember yeah. when bands were doing that. Yeah, That's cool. It was, was it like a diesel that you were able to? Yeah, like, it was an old grab diesel like we, oil from <laughs> different like from, Chinese food restaurants or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of Japanese restaurants because they do like light tempura frying was the best that we were told. So we'd end up doing that and. Uh, cool did that for a few years ran was it hard to, to was it hard to figure out how to do that or like what was the it definitely add, it definitely added like about four hours to every day and it was really hard. trying to figure yeah. out where you can find the the, yeah. the oil and we didn't have smartphones then so it was like we were we had printed out map quest directions and then we we're like once we get to a restaurant we have to find our way back to the highway it was a big mess but it was fun i'm really glad we did it we tried. That's cool. Yeah. What, what would you do? Just show up at a Japanese restaurant and say, hey, like, can we, can we, you know, take some oil from the, from the back? Or like, how did that even work? Yeah. A little bit of that, a little bit of New York hustle charm. And uh, we'd get the oil, you know, we'd get the oil. <laughs> I like that. That's cool. 
So once it's, the- it's easier to get, you know, used vegetable oil than like petroleum. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And don't <laughs> they have to pay to like recycle it anyway? So you're almost doing them a favor. Yeah. But sometimes you run into some shady stuff doing it. But, okay. you know, we manage. We manage. <laughs> you guys got by. That's good. Yeah, we got um, by. And then yeah. so you got so you the put clothes a- is just a family and it's 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 kind of forever. The the solo thing is I had a bunch of songs that were didn't really fit that voice. So and the glows were taking a little break recently. So but the social glows are kind of like Wu Tang, like they're always there, you know. I and, love that. Uh, we're working on new stuff and we're gonna put some new stuff out soon. That's cool. I know you guys have done huge things with the band. I mean, you, you did a tour with like Matt and Kim. I'm sure that was huge. You did a lot of stuff with uh, what Front Bottoms and Hold Steady, mm-hmm. like some of my favorite bands. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Had, I mean, had some good times, man. We had some good times. That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. What would yeah. you say like, I mean, what were some of the big like, high, like highlight moments that you can think of? Um. Well, I mean, I'm sure Letterman might have been a big one. <laughs> that was that was fun. We did it. Um, that was that was surreal, quite surreal. Um, I can't even imagine. Like, what? How did you even get hooked up with that? Like, tell me the the like process. I mean, that right? was like, that was Letterman's last year, and we were just pitched, um, and he was still taking chances on new new bands. Um, I feel like a so lot of that cool. is lost nowadays, where it's just like you know there's so many people that are i don't know the gatekeepers of culture keeps shifting so often that i I don't even know what it is nowadays but right there is it changed quite a bit yeah it was was an amazing moment for us and all our friends we were all watching it at shea stadium we put it up on the tv and everyone was holding hands it was a big love fest and it felt like it felt like just one band making it to that stage to that level from our community was like it felt like all of us made it in a way that night so it was that was really special for that is special that's so cool i mean i don't see many scrappy punk rock bands on on letterman or no not not a whole lot man (laughs) not a whole lot especially anymore sure yeah yeah and like you said the gatekeepers keep keep switching hands i mean nowadays it's like You gotta have like a viral TikTok dance or something. To, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just such a yeah. different world nowadays. Instead of like yeah. the, the DIY scene isn't is there. I'm sure if you if you seek it out, but in like the mainstream eye, like mm-hmm. not a lot of bands are are coming up that way anymore. It's like you gotta mm-hmm. somehow land some viral internet moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's kind of a thing that a pattern that exists, I think, in culture where it's like an authentic thing sprouts up from the ground and then someone sees it in some corporate way. And the second that it's brought to uh, the attention, it's uh, of a different kind of Avenue. It is kind of squandered the intention that it originally was, you know, see that forever. Um, I think somewhere bubbling under the surface, there's, a lot more coming and then and then you know i don't know TikTok or someone will sponsor it and then it'll it'll be gone but then sure. there'll be another thing sprouting up you know mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it does come in those waves. It's interesting. And it's yeah. just like where we're at now. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day where it's like the idea of like selling out. I don't think you hear as much anymore. It's like, like everyone's striving to sell out instead no, of everyone's like praying to get their song on a commercial. And <laughs> uh -huh. like back when, you know, when I was younger, I'm sure you have the same experience. Like, you know, if a band, if a band got to the level of signing a major label contract or something like that, it was like, oh, I can't even like those guys anymore. I can't like against me anymore. They're, they're like left fat records or, you know, I'm just trying to think of like examples. Yeah, like, which is either for the band, you know, it's it's like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's hard. It's just, you, root it's for your favorite, you root for your favorite artists and then, you know, I, I think it's all and then about when I achieve it. It's like you, just, <laughs> you feel like you can't like them anymore. Yeah, I think as long as your intentions are still pure, you can. That's why. I'm really happy with how we came into the music. I don't even want to say business because we never, ever thought about it like that. It was just mm -hmm. something intrinsic that we did as a therapeutic thing as we, when we were kids and it never really changed. Um, but that's i think as long as you hold on to that element of it you don't really have to worry about the other stuff you know mm -hmm. as long as you're making stuff that's a true representation of yourself and where you're at you're you're doing the right thing as an artist i can't really speak to any of the other stuff sure sure mm -hmm. with um with this new project yeah um was this you said the band's kind of was on you know on a break or whatever we're working on new stuff now uh, did yeah. that kind of come to a halt? Like, I'm sure a lot of your your guys' life, I mean, essentially has been record tour or putting together these DIY events. And that was all kind of stripped away from everybody, you know, March 2020. How did that? Very much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did that kind of reshift your your thinking as, you know, as well, an artist and what's your, the, your plan? The Alex Orange Drink project kind of started maybe in 2016 or 17 when the glows were really burnt out from touring for over 10 years uh -huh. and shea stadium our headquarters and community space which had been shut down oh um, wow um so glows were like agreeing to kind of like you know take a little time off and i just had all these other songs and I don't really know how to take a break from writing songs. I do it too much compulsively. So I'm just like, all right, I'll put out a solo record. And I did, and it was fun. And uh, now this is the second one. Okay. That I'm doing now. So th um, did it kind of spark back up due to the, you know, coming everything kind of shifting? To answer your question originally, like it was just such an isolating time. This year was a crazy, crazy thing. Um, and the orange drink, Alex orange drink project is just, for me, it's about diving deeper into like personal stuff. I have a lot of songs that are more heartbreak songs and more, um, songs that I, I, I was born with this very rare genetic disorder. Um, mm -hmm. so there's two tracks on the album about growing up with that and living with a chronic medical illness um yeah tell me, I, just, I did read just, about just that a it's voice like... that kind of doesn't really fit in with the glows because the glows i feel like not intentionally but always kind of have a voice of um 
bringing up a lot of negative things in a positive way that kind of uh the punk rock the punk rock voice of of hey everything's fucked but there's still there's still hope you know sure. and uh it felt good to just let go of that for a second um like w- growing up with the with that with you know that illness it's basically what you 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 can't digest protein very well like i don't know if you feel comfortable talking about it at all yeah no that's that's the short of it it's uh I mean, there's tons of genetic disorders that are, I thought maybe, you know, it would bring some awareness to some of the other ones. And eventually I'd like to, you know, you know, who knows where this project's going, but Uh just kind of bring light to that. And, um, this, yeah. So in short, yeah, I was born without an enzyme to break down protein. So I was on, I've been on a really restricted diet since, since birth. Um, I was diagnosed at birth, newborn screening which at the time when I was born, there was only maybe 12 states or something that tested mandatory newborn screening. Uh, New York was luckily one of them. And I've kind of got my way around all of these horrible, crazy side effects that can happen with something like that. Um, So yeah, this, this project was just kind of a way to use a different voice and, um, go into some of that stuff mm-hmm. yeah i mean from what i've read about it i mean it must be hard to you have to really like you said you had a restricted diet it must be very hard to kind of like on the road and everything like figure out places that you could eat i mean what that must have been a you know kind of a yeah. thing in so it's itself like, it's basically like a born vegan but without any of the protein that a, the, someone like a vegan would look for like tofu grains rice mm-hmm. uh anything you know pea protein nuts all that stuff is out for me wow. um and then i have this uh kind of shake this protein shake that i've taken my whole life which mm-hmm. i my slang name for it is orange drink oh uh, so that's where the name came from yeah that's it alex orange drink so i guess it is you know you try to do something different but it is kind of the same glows voice of taking a negative and making it positive um and just turning it on its head and kind of embracing your thing that's holding you back, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it's a big thing in hip hop, but I, I don't see it much anymore in indie rock or rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's the orange drink name where it comes from. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah. And then, so that's, that's it. That's fascinating. I mean, and, and that's great that you're able to, it's not great, but I mean, to, to be able to turn something like that you've been going through and then trying to make more, you know, people aware of it, bringing awareness to the situation, obviously. Yeah. Uh, um, and you said a couple of songs on the record are directly written about the experiences you've had, you know, yeah. throughout your I life. A, yeah. So the thing is called, the disorder is called homocystinoria. Okay. And there's two tracks, Homocystinoria Part One, which is um, more somber track about just kind of. Well, it's actually Part One is 1987 to 1995, and Part Two is 1996 to 1999. Uh, so those are like just story songs about 
where I was at and music being a salvation to, in, in the first part. And then in the second, it's just kind of a middle school getting bullied kind of thing that, uh, I don't know. I think about it like a Biggie small song or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> is there, is, and, is there, I did notice from your like track listing on the, for the new record that you kind of move that one a bit. Is it almost like, uh, is it tell, the whole record telling a story in a way? Like, cause you have the part one uh, as track two and then it comes up in track seven as the second part of the story. Like in between, yeah. are you telling a, are, are you kind of filling in the gap there or is it just, I mean, I do love records that kind of have a thematic arc. And uh-huh. as much as I try to not make a concept album every time, it just ends up coming out that way. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, to me, there's a story, but I don't know if it really makes sense to anyone else. It's just kind of a long journey. Okay. Um, and the... Well, it definitely goes in somewhat chronological order because part mm-hmm. one comes before part two, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I love records that you can listen to from start to finish. And I think that's just kind of where that, that the second one's kind of more of a hardcore song. So it fits perfectly with like bringing up a little bit of energy before you give them a nice sweet ending, which I believe in. Awesome. Yeah, I, there's just something to be said about listening to records. Well, I've had this conversation with a few people where it's like, that's why I was asking, because I'm sure there's a reason why, you know, part one is track two and, and part two is track seven. And mm-hmm. just the sonically how the record flows. I'm sure. I mean, you you choose the track listing where it goes for, for a reason. I'm sure there's a lot of thought behind mm-hmm. how to, you know, to label or put where you place songs one through 10. Yeah. Well, this album's called everything is broken. Maybe that's okay. So the first track central booking kind of starts, I get arrested for a petty crime. I'm in jail, blah, blah, blah. Uh, maybe a little comment on the criminal justice system and how fucked up it is. If you want to really read into it, but, um, (laughs) and then you know a retrospective kind of moment where i'm just like okay thinking track two is the history of you know the origin roots uh and then and then tons of heartbreak to follow and then (laughs) (laughs) but uh everything is broken maybe that's okay is a quote i took from one of our friends bands called bueno okay um on a track called Blowout, Blown Out, um, which might be a reference to the Soso Glow's Blowout. I don't know. I was going to say, don't you have a record called Blowout? <laughs> yeah, I think they might have referenced us and I took it back. Um, <laughs> I like that. That's cool. <laughs> um, but I just love that phrase, everything is broken, maybe that's okay, because that's kind of, to to go back to your question, like this album was created in this year of, complete isolation which and all of this different global reflection and this um reckoning and i think there's a lot of it in there but um a lot of it is just a very personal journey that ends up with uh hopefully some something positive at the end 
Sure. Yeah. All the all of the systems that you've known are broken down. You know, you got a broken criminal justice system. You have a broken political system. You have a broken heart. You have a broken um, anything else. They, I don't know. I'm I'm blanking. But there's a lot of broken things. And sure, maybe we don't want it to go back to normal. Maybe going back to normal isn't the place that we need to be. Maybe it's okay that things are broken open because you can see things a little bit more clearly when they're broken, you know, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of like concept. Yeah. Kind of the thesis of the album mm-hmm. in my mind. Yeah. And was this all written? Obviously, when did you start writing the record? Like when everything you knew everything was going to be closed down for a while, or you said the band was kind of, well, know. I was feeling something weird that was happening at the beginning of 2020. I don't know if it was fortuitous, but it was just a weird energy shift interesting um, in my in personal life and so i got like a bunch of friends and people in bands and some of the social goals are even on this record i mean all of them are in one way mm-hmm. um, and i booked out uh, the studio that adam's studio that we helped put together and he's doing great stuff over there and i just showed people songs on the spot and we recorded pretty much the bulk of the album live in a room. Wow. And after I just showed people just right there in this kind of like party that I booked out for a few days and then the quarantine hit and months and months and months went by and uh, had a breakup and went back and finished the record, took all those raw tracks and basically kept a lot of the basics and redid the vocals and redid a lot of acoustic guitars and put some sprinkles on top and Mm -hmm. just kind of did it just me and Adam really in, in, in complete isolation. And so I think the album kind of has a little bit of that. It's like a party, but it's also a, it's a party of one, you know? Right. And with, with, I mean, that's all my friends are watching me just, fall apart party of one <laughs> i'm falling uh, apart but all my friends are there with me <laughs> on zoom looking on zoom me, watching me. everyone's on zoom watching you <laughs> but i'm alive that's good that's a, that's the best thing yeah. um yeah. with with the record and and uh it's coming out what next month a couple about a week or two as of now it's coming out in september Oh, yeah. the move. Pushed it back a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Back to my birthday. Oh, really? When's your birthday? My birthday is in September as well. My birthday is September thirteenth. Okay. Your mine's the twenty third. All right. <laughs> right yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Um. So cool. So it's back in September now. And are you? I mean, stuff's opening up now a little bit. Are you going to be? Is this something you're going to tour as Alex Orange Drink or play as Alex Orange Drink? Or are you going to? You know, I would like to with the yeah. logos. Okay. Yeah, I would like to for sure. Um, we'll see what happens. I'd love to put together a tour and or you know, support a tour or something. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. I got a, a show on July eighth at the Mercury Lounge with cool. uh, one of my favorite songwriters, two of my favorite songwriters, Jeffrey Lewis, um, who's just amazing, and Joanna Sternberg, who are both just. Mm-hmm just really great um 
Have you done shows as? And then the record release is going to be on the fifteenth of September. Okay. And have you done shows as Alex Orange Drink yet, or is this all going to be new? I have. Uh, so I did another album under Alexander Orange Drink, which is now very hard to find because I pulled it all off because I shortened my name and I had to take, I totally restart. Um, oh, so Alexander okay. Orange Drink is now dead, but that album will be back up someday soon. Okay. Um, so I'm, I wiped the slate, slate clean and uh, started over um, with sort of a new band new ish um but a lot of the same people that were playing on the first well the first record was a lot of just me and electronic stuff but the band i put together for that is pretty much the same band okay but yeah you scrubbed it <laughs> you scrubbed it's that all friends and family that's cool yeah. that's really cool yeah, yeah. Dude, thank you for, for, for talking with me today. I appreciate it. I can't wait to hear the, the rest of the record. I love the two songs you have out so far. Thank you. Um, and I and yeah, like I said, uh, the record's coming out September 15th. I And you got some shows. You're not quite sure if you're going to do more than that or you hope to do the tour? I think there'll be a tour. Awesome. Awesome. Can't awesome. say yet, but right, right, right. look out for it. What about So So Glows? You, you said you guys have some new stuff in the works? We have a lot of new songs in the works where we're just gearing up for the right time to put them out and putting some finishing touches on them and uh, should have a new record out this year or some singles for sure. Incredible. Can't wait. And yeah. uh, thanks again so much for, for chatting with me, Alex. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, the one question I have before I let you go is if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Hmm. Um, Sure. Yeah. I would say, you know, be nice to people around you, build a community of people who respect what you're doing and you respect and um, just go with yourself, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't try to be something you're not because it's gonna catch up to you. I would just write songs that come from a pure place and then you figure out what to do with them after, you know, because all the production, all of the promotion, that stuff is sometimes can be the soul sucking part of it, but it can also be fun if you figure out a way to do it. That's true to yourself and true to your ideals and what you're trying to put out into the world and don't give up. That's what I'd say. Don't give up. I Even love if it. it feels like nobody's listening. Very cool. Thank you so much, Alex. Yourself because it's good for your health. That's a Jeffrey Lewis quote.